You are listening to a message by Refuge Community Church. Refuge exists to glorify God by making disciples that shape their communities with the love of Jesus. Welcome to Refuge Community Church. Thank you, Aaron, uh, for leading worship for us. Man, what a blessing. And uh, yeah, it was it was nice. I, I was, uh, you know, I was, we were, we were trying, we were, we're trying to, as we're navigating schedules, man, it's been kind of an insane, uh, insane season, uh, but uh, trying to figure out, you know, get, getting the right person in place for worship, and, and so we're thankful that we were able to have, have him come out, so thank you for that. Um, but anyway, uh, welcome to Refuge. We're diving into this new sermon series in the book of Galatians, uh, Freedom Through Christ, and, uh, and so that's that's what we're going to be getting into, and I get the opportunity to kind of introduce us to this book. Um, and before we really kick off this this whole thing, I kind of kind of wanted to lay some uh, background work. Um, and just so you know, today's sermon is going to be a little bit different than my normal thing, where I'm going to like systematically break down everything and, and lay it out there for you. Uh, you'll you'll see. But anyway, it'll, it'll be a little bit different today. But first of all, I just want to share a little bit. So so. Paul has Paul is writing this letter to the Galatians. This is one of the earliest things written uh, in the early church. So um, he's writing this letter to these churches that he he's gone and and helped to set up and and uh, build up. And since he has left, in between him leaving and him writing this letter, these other individuals have come along and begun to stir some stuff up in some people. They've begun to tell them. Uh, they've begun to tell them that. Hey, like, if you genuinely want to be involved in this community, if you want to be truly part of the community, if you want to be able to eat with us, if you want to be able to come into our homes and be part of our lives, you're going to have to do a couple things. One of them is you're going to need to, because these were Gentiles, not uh, Jews, you're going to need to get circumcised if, if you're a, a guy. And the other thing is you've got you to stop eating, cer- eating certain meats. And, uh, and so... Uh, there was kind of like these guys come along after Paul and kind of start spreading this this like new thing and it's like hey you know and this these meals that we've been having together you you can't be a part of that till you take care of this first. The reason for that is because the Jewish identity was shaped around these two main things, circumcision and dietary laws. These two things are like the main identity markers for what it means to be a Jew back then. And so uh, before Christ comes, in order to be to be uh, to be included in this community, you have to go through. Uh, you have to be circumcised, and then you have to follow these dietary laws. In fact, you got to start following the law like that. You become a Jew. If you want to become a Jew, you got to actually enter into this covenant community and follow their laws and their rules. Christ comes and he completely changes everything because his goal isn't to get people just to come in and become Jewish. His goal is to make the family of God bigger than Jewishness. It's to make it expand beyond the Jerusalem walls into all the earth and, and not to say, okay, we're going to make all the earth a bunch of Jewish people. He's saying, no, 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 we're going to make all people part of this Jewish family, this amazing uh, multi-ethnic family. And so Paul came in preaching that gospel, preaching the gospel that Jesus came, died, and rose again and, and has in, inaugurated his kingdom. His kingdom is established here on this earth, and his, his kingdom is a multi-ethnic kingdom, and it's, it's going, and, and it's through Christ and Christ alone and the work that he has done that this is happening. And now all of a sudden they're saying, no, 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 not just, not just yeah, 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 you, you accept Jesus, you trust in him, but 
you really want to be included, you got to do these things. you got to follow these, these rules. And so they're adding this. It's like this Christ plus these works, right? And Paul is furious. I mean, you, you heard the tone of the letter, right? Like he's, he comes in. I mean, in some, in some translation, he says, who has bewitched you? You know, like, who, like you have been fooled, you know. Uh, he, you have started to follow another gospel. And he even like, then he, he's like, no, 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 wait. There's not even another gospel. There is no other gospel. <laughs> and he like, he's like, yeah, that's just false stuff. And so Paul is furious because this, this community that he'd been caring for now is being led astray into this, this uh, uh, new form of bondage, essentially. You know, you, you can, yeah, you can come in through Christ, but you also got to come in through these other things. And Paul has to deal with this. And so this is really what the book of Galatians is about, is Paul laying out his argument as to what, what they should be expected to do and what the true gospel is. That's, that's what this whole book is about. Galatians 1, the chapter that we're going to be diving into today, he starts off by introducing himself, an apostle to the Gentiles, like called by God, not by man. He starts off the whole, the, the whole thing making sure they know, like, my calling isn't from any human being. It's from God and God alone. And then he continues on in verses 11 and following to the end of the chapter. He continues on, and he, he like, lays out this whole story. And in the story, he's, he makes it clear, like, hey, I got saved. Christ came, made, you know, made himself known to me. I didn't go and see any apostles. I didn't go see anybody else for three years. And then I finally go, and yeah, I hung out with Peter for a bit, got to know him a little bit. Sure, I got to know James a little bit, but they contributed nothing to the gospel. Like, he, he, he wanted them to know that the, this message that he had came from God, and he was really making it clear that his apostleship to the Gentiles was a calling from God and not from humans. And, and I have to say, like, honestly, when, I, when you read this, at first you may go away, you walk away going like, yeah, but like that, that sounds kind of like, you know, like a little kid, like I learned it. I didn't learn it all by myself. You know, like this, like kind of idea, or maybe like super arrogant, maybe kind of scary cult leader. Like, yes, I have this revelation from God. They don't understand it. Only I get it. That's not what's going on. What Paul is doing, he's a hundred percent trying to defend the authority of the gospel. That's the only reason why he cares about his own authority. And there, and and he makes that really clear in the passage that in the in the middle section where he says. He says uh, that he is, he's like, am I trying to please man or am I trying to please God? He's like, I could care less what they think or what, what you, like, I don't care what you think about me. I really need you to understand the true gospel. This is what it's about. So in order to establish the authority of the message that he preached, he's got to establish like, hey, I am genuinely from God because these other people came in and started to mess around with, with what he, he had established. And so he's going on and he's saying like, look, this, is, this message is Christ plus nothing. That's it. Christ plus nothing. That's, that's how you enter into this gospel life. This, that's the true gospel. Christ plus nothing. And that's, that's really that's the, sermon, uh, the title of my sermon today. Um, and, and this is going to be the point of the letter. Paul is going to kind of dive into this idea of Christ plus nothing um, and we're going to get in, into all that in the coming weeks. But uh, I was thinking as, as I looked at Paul's life and as he lays out his, his story to establish the authority of the true gospel, I thought instead of me breaking down piece by piece systematically for this first chapter, instead of doing all that, um, 
Go back and reread it, uh, 100%, please do that. Um, but instead of breaking all that down in that way, what I thought might be beneficial today was for me to share my story um, and parse out times when I had accepted false gospels. And then hopefully that will help you guys to begin to question and think through some of the things that you may be doing and, and, and uh, allowing your lives that, that, that may begin to lean into other gospels that are, are not truly Christ plus nothing. And, and I think that that really is the heart of what Paul is doing in this first chapter anyway, and I think it's, it's faithful to what he's doing. So that's what I want to do for today. Again, I'm not, uh, I'm not doing that systematic breakdown. I don't have three points. I've got a few different uh, seasons of life that I'm going to share with you guys. Um, all right, so can I, I just want to pray real quick. Father, help us to um, hear your word and to understand the truth of what the true gospel is, God. We thank you that you have not called us into a homogenous uh, uh, community, but, but to a multi-ethnic multi-generational, multi, uh, people from different walks of life, different classes, different political parties. God, people from all over that you have called through one, through one God human, and that's Jesus, your son. Thank you that you have established your throne and, and that you are at, actively at work uh, making all things new. In your name we pray. Amen. So, I grew up in a Christian home. I grew up, uh, I, y'all may have heard this, this uh, story, uh, this first story um, before, um, but I grew up in a Christian home. I went to primarily Baptist churches. My, my mom was charismatic. My grandfather was a charismatic pastor. Uh, my dad's family was all Catholic, and I guess they found like Baptist to be some sort of middle ground. I don't know. Uh, so we, we went to a, a Baptist church most of my life, uh, most of my early childhood, but I remember specifically, like, uh, just kind of like, yeah, yeah, Jesus, like, that's a thing. Um, but we, I remember my parents saying, we're going to go to this uh, play. I really want you to see. It's called Heaven's Gates, Hell's Flames. And uh, it was this, this uh, play where uh, you would, you'd be, they'd have these different scenarios. There'd be two people working on, in a construction site or two people driving down the road or two people doing whatever. And, one per, and then they would get into a wreck or they'd fall off the building or something like that, something crazy, right? Uh, and they would both die, and then they would appear... All of a sudden, the stage would be bright lights. There'd be like this. Uh, there'd be like uh, it looked like it looked like heaven, right? And there's the, there's one angel up there with his his book right here, and and the the dude um, one dude will say he knows this. He knows what this is all about. And he's like, "Is my name in that book?" And the angel's like, "Yes, welcome. You know, come." And and Jesus comes out, and you know, he's like comes down and gives him a big hug, and then all of his, his dead grandparents come out and hug him and his dead dog, and then they're just, like, doing backflips and stuff. It's, like, it's amazing. The choir of angels starts singing. It gets brighter. He goes up into this, like, throne of gold. It's, it's just amazing. He disappears, and then the other guy's, like, left alone, and he's like, oh, is my name in that book? And the angel says, no. And then all of a sudden, my six- or seven-year-old self uh, experiences the most terrifying thing I've ever seen in my life, uh, and it was that all the lights shut out. Then I hear, you know, the smoke machine going and all red lights. And then all of a sudden demons come out and they begin to drag this man off into hell. Uh, and he's screaming, uh, no backflips, no dead dogs or grandparents uh, or Jesus. Uh, and I remember going, Okay, okay uh, I don't want that to happen to me. Like, I want, the, I, I want that other one up there. I don't want that down there. Uh, and so I, like, terrified of that. My six- or seven-year-old self was like, okay, um, 
what do I do with this? The end of the whole thing, it all ends, and they were like, hey, if anybody wants to receive Jesus, come forward. I want you to raise your hand, all right, stand up. Now come forward, now pray this prayer. I did all the things, and I followed the instructions because, not because I, like, trusted Jesus. I was just like, I don't want to go there, and I do want to go there. And if, if, if raising my hand gets me in there, if standing up gets me there, if walking forward gets me there, if saying this, uh, this little pattern of prayer gets me there, I will do these things. And what really happened that day, I don't want to belittle if anybody else had some sort of salvation experience at that age and really trusted Jesus, but I didn't trust Jesus at that point. At that point, I was like, here's my little incantation. <laughs> and if I say these right words and if I do this right thing, then I'm going to get in heaven. And I have to say that that was not the true gospel. That wasn't what, what led me to Christ. And in fact, I saw the fruit of that. And it was it was a, a life where I continued to grow up, and I got, in, I, I got to my teenage years, and that idea of trusting in Christ was like, I, don't, I never even thought about that. I said the prayer, right? Um, and I get to my, my middle school, high school years, and I start uh, messing around with drugs and uh, stealing and lying to my parents and, and you know, the mess, go, trying to party. The biggest, the biggest thing that I wanted was approval, the biggest thing that I desired, so I was always seeking out the people that I found to be like the coolest people in school, and I'd be like, yeah, these, these, these guys, the, the, you know, the ones that are, they're the ones that are like stealing car stereos, they're cool, I like them, um, that's, that's who I want to hang out with, so I spent my time with these guys, right, trying to get in, and, and finding this, seeking this approval, because like, I, that's where I wanted to be, that's what I saw as cool, I saw it on the music videos, this is cool, that's like I saw it on the movies. That's what's cool. And so that's what I wanted to be. Um, and and it was it was very clear that I had not placed my trust in Christ. I was still going to church on a weekly basis, but I, I could care less about uh, a- any of that stuff. Right. Like I was just kind of like doing my own thing. And I remember uh, there was a in, in 1998, there was a youth camp that my my youth ministry was going to be going to. And I I uh, I wanted to go because all my friends at the youth ministry were going and I was like, and maybe there will be some girls there. <laughs> uh, and so I go, and I, I like, I, I, I'm out looking for some ladies, um, and you know, thought I was the, the stud, you know. And and I like start talking to some girls, whatever. But by Thursday night, um, th- this is the last night there. We have this service, and at that service, the 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 guy preaching begins to start talking about. Uh, how our sin has has broken our relationship with Christ, and how how uh, Jesus' death on the cross takes our consequences, takes you know He takes all our sin and takes all of our death onto the cross, and He takes it away. And because of that, we can enter into this relationship with God. And I began to see that it was Christ that I was missing the whole time. I actually needed to trust in Him, and I began to weep. I mean, like this tears and the snot, all of that. I ran forward. Uh, you know, I was hugging everybody, and like it was this moment where I saw for the first time that it wasn't about saying this prayer. It was about actually trusting in Jesus. It was a Jesus plus nothing. And that was when I truly did receive the true gospel. I got it. But it wasn't long, right? Like, I, I'm, I got saved. I, I've been saved for about, I think, uh, a few months. Spring break rolls around, and I remember I smoked weed for the first time since I had been saved. And I remember after doing that, going to church uh, that week, and just in tears, just like broken, like, 
what did I do? I can't believe I smoked weed. And, and I just, I, I, go, I go forward. I talked to, I, I admitted, I like had to confess to my youth pastor and I had to like tell him what's going on. And he was like, man, the fact that you are crying, like the fact you're broken over this is like a good sign. Like this is new for you, right? And, and I was like, yeah, but like, why did I mess up? Da, da, da. And I, I started to get into this pattern where like there was this good thing that's happening where I'm trusting in Christ. But all of a sudden I started to rely on my works, whether or not I was doing good or I was doing bad was what determined whether or not I was in a good relationship with Jesus. I found myself going, man, I stopped smoking, I stopped drinking, I stopped cussing, <laughs> like, I stopped doing all these things. Man, like, I'm doing really good. Like, I'm almost perfect. I got it nailed down. And, but when I did mess up, then I'd be like, oh, my gosh. Like, I'd be running to the altar trying to get saved again, um, like, over and over and over. Uh, and and this, was, this was my, my, my journey because I had trusted in Christ, but now all of a sudden I've got this this new idea of like, well, I've got to, I've got to, I got in by Christ, but I got to keep myself in, right? Like by doing the right things. And I, I realize now I can look back and go, I had accepted a moral gospel. I had moved from the true gospel, Jesus plus nothing, to Jesus plus good deeds, these outward works. And if I did these things, I was in. And if I didn't do these things, he hated me or something. I was scared of him all the time. Thank God, the real gospel is so much bigger than my moral gospel. His gospel uh, had grace for me even in that season. Even in that season, he still loved me so much more deeply than I could even fathom. And so um, I stayed in that state of mind. I I didn't really know much different because I didn't let anybody disciple me, honestly. I I didn't really want anybody in my life. I just kind of was like, I can do this. Like, I I always viewed myself as kind of like a misfit. I never felt like I really, you know, I never really fit because I was a misfit. Um, (laughs) I never really felt like I fit. And and so, like, I just didn't think, like, the pastor could really get me. These older guys could ever get me. So, like, I didn't let anybody disciple me. But I graduated from high school. I went to this discipleship program. It was a nine-month program. Uh, just like the idea of growing in your character and the fruit of the spirit and these things. I didn't know what it was about exactly. I just knew I wanted more of Jesus. And so I was like, I'm going to go do this. Um, I heard that you memorized like half the Bible. And so I was like, I'll be like half perfect if I do that. Um, And so like, I I, like this, my mentality was ridiculous. But I get there and at the, in this discipleship program, I am taught something that I had never understood before. That the sin that I was getting rid of on the outside (laughs) was only the beginning. That was more like fruit or like an outgrowth of the sin that was in my heart, of the arrogance, of the pride, of the need for approval of the gods that I worshiped in my heart. And, and it was like this light bulb flipped. I realized in this program, I realized I was God's child and that my identity was in fully in that. I didn't have to work for approval anymore. I realized that all the past things I had done, not only had he forgiven, but he was healing me now. I could forgive myself and I could forgive those who harm me. All of a sudden, I was doing this like introspective work and beginning to realize like really, really healthy and really good things, you know. Uh, and it was this really beautiful thing happening. Uh, but the program comes to an end, and I, I'm doing this like Jesus and me, like we're on on track going, and I'm excited. And I get home, and I and things just start I, I kind of run out of people to forgive in my heart and then I kind of like stop needing to forgive myself for this past thing and then I kind of like stop I'm like I'm like well I mean like I'm being introspective but like I don't feel like I don't know what else I can like dig into I'm trying to dig but I don't have anything else to dig into right now 
and and I, I've had this feeling of like if I'm not if I'm not like crying every week over my sin, if I don't have that Oprah moment, you know, uh, I like am I even truly saved? Because the the Bible says like He chastises those He loves, and I haven't been chastised in over a week. Does He even love me? So I had again I had moved now from Christ plus nothing to Christ plus works to Christ plus uh, uh, like introspection or, or internal healing. I moved to a therapeutic gospel. I had accepted this, this reality that if, if I'm not doing these things now, I, I'm, I'm not really, I'm not sure if I'm in, right? Like m- maybe I didn't even get in in the first place. And so like I'm processing, like is, is there enough conviction in my life or, or whatever? And, and, I, and I, stay, I stay in that place for quite, quite a while actually, wrestling through it. Um, it was a beautiful time in my life because it led me into more scripture reading. I, re- I was reading through the Bible on a regular basis all the way from beginning to end. I'm like, I'm going to read this thing all the way through. I want to understand it. I want to know God deeply and intimately. And, and that led me to finding some verses. Um, there Specifically, there was one verse um, at the end of the long ending of Mark, if you know that there's like a, lo- a long and a short ver- uh, ending of Mark. At the, the end of the long ending of Mark, and in that in that. Um, in that uh, verse, it said that those who believe in me will cast out demons and heal the sick and, and do all these things, right? And um, I remember at that moment going, why, why am I not seeing that? What's going on with me? Again, like, I'm questioning my salvation. I'm going, okay, this is what, this is what it's all about. I've got to dive into this. I started, I mean, I'm not kidding, like, I, like, I'd never really fasted before. I started fasting weekly. I started, um, I, like, I had set this thing in my heart. I was like, I'm going to be pure. Like, and by that, I mean, like, I'm never going to speed. I'm never going to tell a half truth. I'm never, and I was like, my heart was like in this place. All of these things were really, really beautiful and good. Like, I wanted Jesus deeply. Um, and I started going out, and I started just, I'm like, I'm just going to pray for strangers. Like, this, I, like, I'd, see, I'd see people, and I'd be like, hey, do you know Jesus? Like, we need to, I, I need to talk to you. And, and I started sharing the gospel regularly, praying for people to be healed. And I'm not kidding, for about six months, I saw people healed uh, at least weekly, almost daily. Um, weird, weird stuff that I couldn't even fathom. Um, and I can't tell you how loved I felt by God. I felt like I was on top of the world, right? Like I was, I would go up to people and I'd be like, I feel like uh, God wants me to talk to you uh, about uh, coming to church. And he was like, we just moved here and we are looking for a church, you know? Um, and then I'd be praying for people and we'd see these crazy things happen. And, and that's, not to, that's not to lift me up. Like Jesus, I believe, that the, I believe the Holy Spirit was moving through these things, that God was at, at work. But I found myself leaning on that verse in Mark going like, if, if, if I'm not doing this, then am I really saved? And I actually started using that as an evangelism tool. I started going up to people because, man, you live in Texas, and if you ask if someone's a Christian, they're like, yeah, I'm a Christian. I'm like, well, how do I, do I need an identifying marker. I'm like, all right, have you ever cast out any demons? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> have, you, have you ever healed a sick? Have you ever raised a dead? No, maybe you're not a Christian, huh? Uh, uh, and so, like, that's, that's legitimately, I would, I would pull that on people, uh, and they were like, what are you talking about? I'm like, read the end of Mark. You'll see what I'm talking about. And um, I had slowly begun to trade out again a new thing, right? Like, it's like no longer is it just Jesus plus nothing. It's Christ, uh, Christ plus these outward works, these miracles, this evangelism. I mean, again, I, I don't think these are bad things. The, the like drive to go and be pure and 
pray for people and, and, and introduce people to Jesus. These are good things, but there was, uh, there was something sh- being shaped in me where I felt more loved when I was doing the right things and less loved when I, was doing the, when I wasn't seeing results. Because after six months, the miracles faded. I, don't, I have no clue what happened during the six months. I don't know why I saw this happen, um, but it happened. Six months came to an end, and from that point forward, it was this weird dry spell where I saw nothing happening. I felt very distant from God. I felt like, you know, did I miss something? Is, is, does God still, does he still love me? Am I, am I still saved? Was I saved to begin with? I had, like, all these questions, and I had this new gospel again from the therapeutic gospel to this gospel, and I feel like God was... Uh, I, I'm, well, I'm thankful that, that the true gospel is bigger than my therapeutic gospel, and it's bigger than my, uh, my works gospel or, my, again, my moral gospel. And, and I'm thankful that there is grace for me in these seasons where I continue to turn to things to look for a sure, this certainty or sureness. And, and I can say that these things happened over and over again, I, one season to another, whether it's, whether it's like, did you vote for the Republican Party or not? You know, like from my family, that's how they, 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 they would assess, you know, whether or not I was a Christian based on whether I did. Uh, and um, I began to have these, like, that's my, that's, is that my litmus test? You know, uh, I began to ask, you know, these, these what, is, what is atonement? And, and, like, if I don't believe these exact things about Jesus on the cross and how that works in my life, am I even saved? Like, I have to get it exactly right. Um, I have to believe, I have to understand, not just, not just like, that, the, that Jesus, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are Trinity, but I got to understand the economic Trinity and the ontological Trinity people. Uh, y'all are like, uh-huh, okay. Uh, but there's this, like, reality that, like, I, I had moved from one thing to another because I felt like I needed, at one point I needed this, I needed to have political activism, I needed to be, uh, I needed to have more care for the poor, I needed to do these things, and, and I went from one thing to another, always able to come back and rest in Christ. Thank God I had truly been saved, uh, and, and I wasn't just being, tossed, just being tossed around and not having a place to go back to that, that safety net of Christ in him alone. But thank God, like, I, he... he truly did hold me through all of this. And, and I think we need to go through these journeys sometimes. I think sometimes we need to add things to our God, like to, to wrestle through these things and go like, what am, what am, what am I doing here? Why am I doing that? Did, is, this, is this what keeps me in? Is this, is this how I prove that I'm saved? Or, you know, I think we gotta wrestle through these things, but we also need to always run back to the truth that it's Christ plus nothing. And so, Paul is dealing with his church being told uh, to follow this Jewish law uh, in, in, all, in these certain matters. And this law, again, is a good thing, just like all these things. I think, I, don't, I couldn't look back and say, oh, it was a bad thing uh, to, to go and stop cussing, drinking, and smoking, whatever. I, couldn't, I can't say, oh, it was a bad thing for me to work on myself inwardly or to go do evangelism. Like, these are all good things. But... Paul is saying, like, hey, like, this, this Jewish law, that, it's a good thing. Like, God gave it to the Jews, but it's, 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 a, it's an extra boundary for those who are not Jews. So don't add that on them. Thank God the real gospel is so much bigger than that. 
And I, I think we're all going to spend the rest of our lives learning these lessons over and over again. We're going to place our identity in new things on accident. We're going to go back to repenting and turning to Christ and saying, I'm so sorry. I realize it's about you and what you've done. It's not about me and what I'm doing. And, and we'll be able to continue to turn back to the true, uh, pure gospel, the simple gospel that Jesus died and rose from the dead so that we might be saved. Just trust in him. Trust in his work, not in your work. Man, underneath all of this struggle, I, I feel like that early on, that need for approval, that, that idol of approval really was the thing that probably drove most of this. I needed to know that I was approved of. And if, if I didn't care anymore about what humans thought about me, uh, now I needed to figure out, does, does God truly approve of me? And I kept on trying to find that in different ways. Man, for you, I don't know what you may be going through. I don't know if you have an idol of approval where, you, where you're trying or you will seek out approval in any way possible and fulfill that in unhealthy ways or, uh, or you're trying to prove your salvation so that you can make sure that you're approved of by God. I don't, I don't know uh, where you're at, but I can say that, that no matter where you're at, that the good news is that Jesus loves you and died for you. If you're asking, am I good enough? The answer is no. No one is good enough. That's why Christ died. That's why Christ died. If you're asking, am I too broken? Well, too broken to save yourself? Absolutely. Too broken for him and his love? Absolutely not. If you're asking, do I deserve love? Look to the cross. There is no greater place to see the love of God than when you see Jesus dying on the cross for you. Before you trusted in him, he died for you. Before you did anything right, he already died for you. And so it's not about whether or not you can earn that love. He, has, he says, no, you can't, and I give it to you freely. This is the gift that he offers. No matter how much you have done or not done, God has made a way to be with him. The genuine gospel is the only thing that will, that will bring uh, the rest and freedom that you're seeking. And that's what we're uh, going to be diving into over the next few weeks. So if you're confused right now, because uh, I think I was thinking about this, I was like, man, I'm talking about all these good things that I had, had like done, but then really with bad motives at times. And you may be going, man, like, not only am I not doing those good things, I'm doing some horrible things. Like, what am I trusting in, you know? Uh, or maybe you are looking at, you're like, well, but uh, I, I shared the gospel with this guy. Am I trusting in a false gospel? Am I adding to Jesus? Like, you may be wrestling through those things. And I want to say, like, that's a good thing. Wrestle. Like, that's okay. And in fact, as we go through the rest of this sermon series, I think some of these questions are going to be answered. And, and as you wrestle... Always run back to, it's Christ plus nothing, though. It's Christ plus nothing, though. Should I go out and share the gospel? Yes. Should I disciple someone? Yes. Should I pray for people to be healed? Yes. Should I do these, should I, should I fast and pray? Yes. Do those things earn his love? Do they make you more loved or less loved when you don't do them? No. Christ plus nothing. That's it. That's the gospel. I'm going to go ahead and close out uh, in prayer. And... Um, we'll enter into our time of, of worship and communion. God, thank you so much for your grace, for your mercy, for your love, that you would call us your children, 
that you would make us yours um, by your by your blood and not by any work or, or thing that we can do, any deed uh, that we've done. God, we thank you for the love that you have lavished upon us on the cross, that you have shown us how much you love us, regardless of what we do or do not do. I pray that the one thing we do is to just lean on you, to trust in you. And that that would lead us into times of repentance, times of rejoicing when when we do well, but not in ourselves, but in you. Times of of, uh, introspection, times of evangelism that we would see others who have a need as well, that we would trust and rest in you and you alone. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. We hope this message encourages you and strengthens your faith. 